Welcome to Appalachian Shine, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And if you're listening to this, then consider yourself a part of the team. Stick around and let's shine a light on all things Appalachia. again for stopping by to listen to another episode of Appalachian Shine. This is the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. I'm J.C. Swingruber, and uh, today we have a guest on the show, um, author, uh, former teacher. We have Connie Wolford of Radford, Virginia. Connie, thanks for coming on to the show. I uh, appreciate you coming on to talk a little bit about your work and your, your history and your life there in Radford. Um, I'll just kind of start off, you were, you were a school teacher at one point? I sure was. I taught middle schoolers in Pulaski County for 17 years. And uh, I was kind of a late bloomer. I did not start teaching school until after my own children were in school themselves. And, uh, but it was, it's, uh, middle schoolers are an interesting uh, herd of people. <laughs> and I love them so much. They're, we used to call them the lost generation. What got you uh, interested in teaching? Um, I know I, mean, I know you through the Appalachian Authors Guild, and so we didn't, never really had to have a chance to discuss what got you into into teaching and what 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 brought that passion. Well, I feel like I was born to teach. When I was a little girl, I would line all my dolls and stuffed animals up, and I would stand before them and. Talk, talk to them, teach them things. I don't know what I taught them as a six-year-old, but but I always wanted to be a teacher ever since I can remember. Hey, well, teaching your dolls, that's a little bit of early practice, right? That <laughs> sure was. Yeah, teaching is such a, such a, a noble profession. I've, um, both of my sisters uh, were teachers. Uh, my sister Melinda is a teacher's age, uh, aide in uh, Richlands Middle School. Uh, for a number of years, she passed away a little over a year ago, and she always she loved that middle school age because there were so many kids that were just so impressionable, and sometimes they don't have the best home life. Some don't, so she she specialized in teaching and learning disabled children. Mm. Other sister Tammy, she teaches uh, learning disabled children too at, at a high school level at Patrick Henry uh, over in I think that is Washington County, I think, and near Abingdon, uh, Virginia. So um, I guess growing up with me, they got plenty of practice with teaching <laughs> somebody. Uh, but I bet you were a real challenge. I might have been. I don't know. I, actually, I, um, but they, they, they were very passionate about what they do. And, and, uh, yes. and you know, there's good days and there's hard days. Um, sometimes through COVID, probably more hard days than, than good ones. But um, when did you retire? Well, I, it was in 1997 that uh, I, and I have been doing some other things since then. And 
I went from teaching children in the middle school to teaching Bible studies at my church. And uh, so I have, and then from that into writing, and I actually wrote some of the Bible studies that we used in the group that I was in back in when I was leading a Bible study, <clears throat> which, because I've, ever since I was about 30 years old, I really started having a hunger for the Bible, for, for God's word and to, to get to know God better and get to learn more about Jesus and the attributes of God and Jesus. And I really started digging into the Bible and uh, wrote some Bible studies back then. None of those Bible studies have been published, but I have contributed to some other Bible studies that have been put out by Lighthouse Bible Studies, a, a small publishing outfit in the Atlanta area. And uh, so I've always enjoyed writing. I think that pe people have things inside them that need to come out. And there were times with Bible studies that I would read things and I would just start taking notes and writing things down. And, and eventually that evolved into writing actual verse by verse Bible studies for different books of the Bible. Okay. Now, usually, yeah, I, I love when I get an opportunity to talk to authors and kind of pick their brain and find out what motivates them. But just going through your um, your website and looking through the list of your books on Amazon, um, faith is at the center of everything. So that I mean, yes. so that would be like a dumb question to ask, like what fuels you? And and it's so much to, to deal with your faith. Um, at what point did you decide that you needed to start publishing and sharing your perspective and and you know sharing your vision of the Word of God? Well, that that started in 2012. I can tell you the month in 2000, uh, actually 2011. In November of 2011, I was writing a story to to read to and with my grandchildren, and because I after once I started having grandchildren. And uh, I'm very grateful that they, they're growing up in church themselves. And I was going to spend some time with, with some of my grandchildren and wanted to write a story. We were approaching Christmas and I was writing the story and I was really praying about it a lot because I wanted it to be, I didn't want it to be just the story of Christmas, not to say that just the story of Christmas is not marvelous and incredible, but I wanted it to be captivating to my young grandchildren. And uh, so I've, I just felt like the Lord gave me a story. And as I was writing it, I really felt impressed, strongly impressed. I did not hear an audible voice from God, but I did feel strongly impressed that the Lord said to me, I want you to publish this. And I said, that was not God. I know nothing about publishing. But uh, anyway, I kept being strongly impressed in that way. And I just said, finally said, okay, Lord, if you really do want me to publish it after Christmas and blah, 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 I will uh, look into that. I said, I know nothing about publishing. And he reminded me that he does. 
And uh, it's kind of a long story that we don't have time to get into now. I have actually spoken before groups to give my testimony about this because how step by step the Lord led me through that process. He kind of, in an amazing way, provided the money for it and the artist for the illustrations and, and a book emerged called Joy Comes to Bethlehem. And in the process of writing that, I thought I, I never thought I would publish anything more than that. But in the process of that, there are other things that happened to Jesus as an infant that I wanted my grandchildren to know about. And a lot of people don't know what happened to Jesus when he was eight days old and when he was 40 days old. But the Bible tells us these things. When he was eight, eight days old, he was circumcised. And I said, Lord, I don't know how to write a children's book about circumcision. That was kind of uh, an odd idea. But you know what? It's at the circumcision ceremony that the child's name is recorded into the genealogy books. And so it focuses on the name and it comments that there is a special ceremony. So that one thing led to another and I have four children's books about Jesus now. I have two other children's books about animals, an unusual animal, but uh, the four children's books about Jesus tell about the three things that happened to him as an infant. He was born, his special ceremony when he's eight days old, and when he's 40 days old and Joseph and Mary take him to the temple to be dedicated and miraculously two people at the temple recognize him as Messiah when he's 40 days old. Most people don't even know that story in the Bible. It's in the second chapter of Luke. And then the fourth book, it comes full circle and it tells about Jesus last few days on earth his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. And all of these books are seen through the eyes of donkeys. And uh, the first book, Joy Comes to Bethlehem, the donkey who goes with Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem from Nazareth, her name is Joy, is, excuse me, her name is Gil, which means joy in Hebrew. And she leaves behind in Nazareth a cult whose name is El Peace, which means hope. And as everything progresses in my last book, which is called The Lord Has Need of You, little, little um, El Peace has grown up and she has a cult who is the cult that Jesus rides into Jerusalem on uh, what we call the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So anyway, I wanted to incorporate these animals to help captivate children's attention. Okay. So that's how the, the children's books started. And then I have two other children's books about an animal. One of them has a crisis and a devastating life event. And it talks about how he, he is a rhinoceros. Have you? Ever heard of what? that word? A what? <laughs> <laughs> that's not in your dictionary, nor is it in your thesaurus, because that's a word my father made up. My father grew up in, in Grayson County, in the heart of Appalachia, and uh, he made up a word called rhinoceros, 
and I started telling my grandchildren these crazy rhinoceros stories. And two of those crazy stories have been published into books now. Now I'll notice that I was just looking on Amazon here. Uh, Joy comes back. Joy comes to Bethlehem. You just put out a revised edition a couple of years back. And yes. uh, if you don't mind, I want to read the uh, blurb here on the page uh, for our listeners, um, especially if you're looking for a children's book. Um, this this uh, this it sounds so fun, actually. Uh, Joy comes to Bethlehem, takes the reader along on the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, to the eyes of Gil, the faithful donkey of Joseph and Mary. Experience the sad goodbye of Gil and her little one, El Peace. See the faithfulness of God during the perilous journey and the amazing birth of his son, Jesus. Joy comes to Bethlehem as the first in a series of children, four children's books. And I'll, I'll not read the rest, but it, but it looks like the art looks so good in this. Um, I love the cover on this. And they're incredibly um, uh, affordable, $6.36 for the paperback. Actually, that should be $10. I don't know oh. what you're looking at. I'm on Amazon <laughs> right now. Oops. Okay. Maybe Black they've Street. lowered the price. <laughs> they have. The list price is $10. So I guess if maybe yes. you're a Prime member, maybe that's the discount. I, um, I don't know. They do that to my books on there, too. And I'm like, whoa, I'm not selling it for that. But um, but no, the, the, uh, the cover art looks really good. And I, I wanted to ask, what, what made you... Um, decide to kind of uh, focus on writing children's books as opposed to contemporary adult novels. Um, well, uh, it was my grandchildren. I wanted, I start out, started out writing Joy Comes to Bethlehem, not even, not even thinking in terms of publishing the story into a book. It was going to be a story that I would share with my eight grandchildren. And, um, and then the others just evolved from that. And so the inspiration for writing children's books was because of my grandchildren. And I wanted them to learn to know and love Jesus. And that's my inspiration for the children's books. And you know, so many. And I have, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? I was just saying, and it's, it's great to see so many children's books you know, in the Christian faith, because there's so many children's books out there. And um, Connie, I just had read an article not two days ago about um, some parents, I guess, had caused a ruckus at a school because in an elementary school, they found the list of all the, uh, the books available in the library. And I guess even the librarian and the school administrator wasn't aware of it. And they had books in there that were very inappropriate for children that age, some that contained pornography, and they were trying to get those books pulled out of the library. And the uh, school administrator at the county level refused to pull those books out. And they had, obviously, in schools, you see seldom anything of Christian faith or any faith. Because Yeah. Uh, now, I have, <laughs> I have donated some of my books to uh, schools. Well, mostly Christian schools. I can, I know of one public school that they put my books in their library. It just so happened that the principal at that school was a relative of mine. So, no. it, and, but you know what? It's really disheartening that there've been times I have offered to donate my book 
to when Joy comes to Bethlehem, when that was the only one I had, to libraries and the library said, no, it's controversial. We're not, we don't want you to donate your book to our library. A public library I'm talking about. So things like that are very disheartening. And, you know, um, children are very curious and they come across these books that are inappropriate in their school library. They're going to think it's okay. Of course, it shouldn't be in the library if it's not okay and appropriate for them. And they're curious. They're going to pick them up and they're going to learn things that they're not old enough to learn. You know, their childhood is going to be gone soon enough as it is without rushing it with this kind of thing. Yeah. I noticed another one of your books you had online here. Um, and this, I don't know if this was maybe your first, well, probably not your first book, but it, it's, uh, I declare God's word is true. It's a devotional. Um, yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And uh, um, it's a year long devotional, right? Yes. It. That is, um, it doesn't fit the template for a typical devotional, but it's a, I call it a devotional type book because it's, it's a pocket size book and it has a very short, it, there's, it has a very short declaration that proclaims a Bible truth or promise. And then it has a, supporting statement and a scripture reference that goes with it one for every day of the year and it's a very brief little little focus statement that uh can if somebody will read it and put it in their heart and spirit it can help carry you through the day and uh, and i don't i want you to take a look at the cover on that uh because that is a photograph I took on the, the um, Virginia Creeper trail trail. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering right where that there in was. Damascus that I'm I know you're very familiar with. Uh, yeah, I I haven't been down that trail in Damascus, but um, but yeah, I was I, I knew it had to be somewhere around here. Um, it, it's a beautiful cover. Thank um, you. It, it really is, and um, you know some of the and, you know we're we're lucky enough to grow and probably you know live in. One of the most beautiful places, I think, in the world uh, here in Central. Mm, I agree. And, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you this also about, you know, your inspiration, but it seems like no matter where we go here, we have like a little special place where we sit down and think or write. We're always out in God's nature. And have you gotten inspiration, like, for example, walking on, on the trail or um, just maybe setting at White Top Mountain and reflecting on on faith, because um, up there you're almost close enough to reach up and touch the sky. It feels like. Yeah, I think nature truly, truly is, you know, a um, source of wonderful inspiration for writing and just things happening on the inside of us, inside of our gut inside of our brain inside of our spirits and our souls um i i i can't say that i go and sit in nature and write because a lot of my writing is just done well i do have a special place where i write and it's the loft of our house and no matter what the weather I raise the window a little bit so that I can hear the birds, hear the rain, 
keep up with what's going on outside. And uh, I sit right next to that window. And uh, that's where I actually do most of my writing. But absolutely, nature in the woods, on a mountaintop, there are, I have some favorite places. The uh, On the top of the tower at Big Walker Lookout is a wonderful place to just stand and look across. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you know, I know exactly what you're talking. I'm afraid of heights. I haven't been up there, but um, <laughs> that's okay. I've not ever. It's not that. good for. But you've been on some high places, White Top, and some other places where you get inspiration. But uh, there's a there's a little store there, Big Walker Country Store, I think is the name of it, and they have that tower, and you can climb up. And they say you can see five states on a clear day, um, and it is it is a great place to go and get an amazing view. And uh, you know what I also my, like about that place is uh, just how supportive they are of local authors and musicians. On weekends, there's always a, a, a local writer up there signing books for yes. people that they want to buy, uh, yes. or uh, some gospel music on Sundays, Saturdays, whatever local uh, musician wants to come by and play. It's it's the, the stop on the crooked road, right for for musicians. Yes. It's a wonderful place, and they're so supportive. That's true, and I love to go there. I've been there many times. So I will say this for our listeners. If you're looking for a gift for someone, uh, um, you know, one of your adult friends, or even a child, uh, definitely, uh, Connie, they should consider your books. Uh, the devotional is a great idea. So when I see you again as we get a little closer to Christmas, I may have to get a couple of signed copies uh, as, right. uh, as gifts for Christmas. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have any little children in the family to pass on children's books. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, that's... you know what? I've had adults. I've had adults buy my books because they love the art so much. And I'd like to say, my book, "The Lord Have Has the Lord Has Need of You," is the Easter story. We have Easter just around the corner, so uh, yeah, that that's would true. be yeah. something for somebody to consider, maybe. Now, you also had a. I noticed you had another um, website. God's Word, our destiny. Blogspot.com, and there's a really beautiful picture on here, and I think you rewrite some uh, some essays on here, some blog posts about faith and and citing scripture. And there's a really amazing picture on here that looks like it came from somebody by the name of Robin Robin Lambert from Instagram. Uh, you will never know the fullness of Christ until you know the emptiness of everything else. Uh, that's a very powerful statement. And uh, you wrote a really interesting piece called The Power of Fullness. Um, oh, so I, you. So know, I recommend anybody that wants to go and, and check out that that uh, that website, godswordourdestiny.blogspot.com. You've written so many interesting things on there um, and uplifting things that uh, that I didn't want to go without mentioning that website. I really appreciate that. JC. Now I haven't posted anything there for a while because I got real tied up with some things, with some projects going, good things going on in the family and what have you. But I do want to start blogging again soon. And I'm actually thinking about starting a, a, a totally new blog, blog that is attached to a website. And I, I'd like to get that going in another month or so. But I do have some I think some pretty good <laughs> faith-filled articles and blog posts 
on that blog blog site that I don't want to scare anybody off because of the fact that I haven't posted there for a long time. But what's there, I would encourage people to read and be inspired and encouraged by. So uh, what's what's next? Uh, any other books you're working on now? Any other projects uh, coming soon? Well, <clears throat> I'm working on a few things. <laughs> Aren't we usually working on a few yeah. things? Uh, I, I've been praying a lot about what to do next as far as what to get into print or and try to get into print. And I'm thinking about a series of devotionals, not just devotional types like my I Declare God's Word is True book, but some actual devotionals that, and, and it would be a series, each one would probably have 30 to 90, you know, days worth of, of devotionals. And, and I'm not sure, I'm, I'm considering pitching that to a publisher when I go to, I'm hoping to go to a writer's conference, a Christian writer's conference in May if it doesn't conflict with my grandson's graduation from high school, I'm going to want to go to this. But uh, yeah, I've got that in the works. I've been working on a cookbook for many years. Well, I won't say, yeah, for several years that uh, I've been thinking about. I, I, I taught home economics, teen living, and you were talking a while ago about those special needs kids. They were all in my class and they are you know, precious. They love, they love hands-on things. So they could come in there and a lot of times have success that they didn't find in some of their academic classes. But anyway, so given all that, obviously I do like to cook. I've met, I've created some recipes and I've altered lots of recipes. <laughs> so someday I might put a cookbook out thinking about that. And, uh, and the these and I also have thought about compiling my children's books about Jesus into a chapter book for young readers. Okay. And um, I have written some other stories that would fit in in between what's what I already have done. So I might do that sometime. And I have been con a contributing author and continue to be to Bible studies that are published by Lighthouse Bible Study Publishers down in, in Georgia. And uh, they're going to put out another Bible study here in uh, a few, within the next few months, hopefully, and I will have a part in that. So, there, okay. and, I'd, and like I said a while ago, I'd like to get my blog going again. And so... I've got a lot on my mind, <laughs> in my heart, like in my spirit, that I'd like to get out to to inspire people and encourage people in faith. Well, that's one thing when you're writing about faith and coming from your Christian uh, background is there's no shortage of things to write about. There's no shortage there, of it. There is certainly <clears throat> no. Um, if someone wants to follow you to find out when you get your website up or, or blog again, um, Working that, what's your social media? Well, I'm on Facebook. Um, my personal page is Connie Edwards Wolford, 
And then I have my author page, which is Connie Wolford, comma, author. Wolford is spelled W-O-H-L-F-O-R-D. There's a silent H in that word. And uh, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter. Okay, so, so people will follow you there. Um, also, just by uh, my name, yeah. Absolutely. So you know, your books are all very affordable on Amazon. That's and I like seeing that because with so much inflation going on right now, um, you know, it's that's people have a you know, hard enough time putting gas in their car. Um, so boy, I'll say books that are you know that are uh, reasonably priced. You know, we we all need to read. So uh, definitely check <laughs> out uh, Amazon.com, Connie Wolford, and. Uh, for your kids, grandkids, uh, some great books out there for them and devotionals as well. So, Connie, I certainly appreciate you coming on to the show. And, uh, yeah, keep us posted on uh, what's next, and we'll share the links up on our Facebook page as well. I really appreciate that, JC. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed talking to you. Uh, this is this has always been great. I love, I love supporting your work. And, uh, folks, we certainly appreciate you tuning in to another episode of Appalachian Shine. If you're listening to us on your smartphone, Make sure you click that subscribe button and make sure to leave us a comment or a ranking. Uh, all that helps. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, uh, I think probably Amazon Music as well. Anywhere where you listen to your podcasts, your favorite podcasts. And we're also on the web at podbean.com. So don't forget to stop by and check us out. Thanks again, everyone. And we will see you on down the road.